you're very welcome back to Genius Hack. So we're on episode, what is it? Seven. Seven. We've hit seven. seven. It's crazy. That's exciting. <laughs> I think that's really exciting. And we're doing well. We're doing well. We are. And it's very, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm loving the chance to kind of delve into the, the kind of the geeky science I was stuff. about to say, indulge our geeky side. Exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, we got, we got to do it a little bit before, but it wasn't like, we always felt a little bit like, people aren't listening for science. Yeah. But now anybody who's listening to the show is hopefully what they're they're listening for. Or, or yeah. why else are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> why are you here? Well, we've got some really cool science stuff on tap for you today. We do. And as usual, we're going to kick things off with a couple of facts, I think. Mm-hmm. Well... We'll, go, we'll give you a rundown of what the show is first. I'm just really excited about of this course. first fact. I'm so sorry. Orla's just dying to jump into our facts because she's got some really interesting ones today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first one happens to be my favourite one. Um, but we actually, we have David Moore from Astronomy Ireland on. We do. And as always, like, I'm a, I never speak in these interviews because I'm 90% of the time I'm like <laughs> blown away. I'm like, oh a my lot, God, that's so amazing. <laughs> that's a lot of the time what ends up coming from you. It's like you listen to the interviews and Orla's parts are mainly like, oh, really? Yeah, I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> what you don't get is I'm also sitting here doing the same thing, yeah. but somehow managed to pull a question out. Yeah, I, I, I got a question or two out. But it's mainly like, oh my God, mm. what? Really? That's happening? Because <laughs> the stuff, especially the stuff he's talking about today is fascinating. Yeah. And it's so great to actually have somebody on who really knows his stuff. Yeah. Like, and is actually able to explain it properly mm-hmm. rather than us kind of going, <clears throat> like, you know, going off our own knowledge kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we're definitely going to do a lot more of in the new yeah. year as well. Like, we've got some stuff that we're looking at ourselves kind yeah. of to line up for some good interviews. Just to yeah, kind of get a few experts on. Yeah. Because it's it's all good crack for us to sit here and just kind of off the top of our head to kind of find and find some interesting stuff as well. Yeah. Um. But it's a different level when you can get somebody in who's like, like it's with, their job with David to Moore. know this. Like, yeah. And he's yeah. a he's like a leader in his field. You exactly, know that kind of thing. Like yeah. it's it's not like just some lad with a telescope. This is like the one of the foremost astronomers in Ireland, yeah. possibly the foremost astronomer in Ireland. Yeah. And like we're so lucky that somebody like him is so accessible. Yeah. And that we have, like, the, the we'll have the moon watch taking place in Blanchardstown. Like, it's in the D15 mm-hmm. area. Like, it's... It's the fantastic thing I love about uh, the, the science community in Ireland. But in even just around here, like, the community in general in, in Dublin 15. Mm. Um, of course, anybody who listens to, to Phoenix FM, we have the D15 show in the morning. And yeah. you, that, you can see from that show a great example of what this community is like yeah. for people who are, wi- are willing to come on and speak. About, yeah, about different stuff. As well. Yeah, but like even with with the D fifteen show, and we're gonna try to follow up a little bit on our show as well. We've had doctors and we've had scientists and yeah. different people from so many different fields on that show, and uh, it, it's just, it's a similar situation like with David Moore, where it's like it's a local group who are are passionate about a specific thing. Yeah. And they're willing to come on and give us their time to talk about it. So definitely, if you're if you've any interest in astronomy yeah. or just in interesting science in general, stick around because there's some really cool stuff in that interview. Or if any of our listen- listeners themselves are like a scientist or any kind of science field, and this is your job, and you're kind of listening to us saying like you're explaining things wrong, <laughs> Get do in come touch. on, yeah. <laughs> we have all our social medias, which is always fun to rattle off. We do. Um, we are 925, no, we're GeniusHack95 on Twitter. On Twitter. Yes. Um, we are Genius underscore Hack 95. On Instagram. Instagram. 
and we're just Genius Hack on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook's the easy one. Yeah, thanks Facebook <laughs> <laughs> for making our life very easy for us. And also, we've said the other week as well, we're going to try to do more YouTube content. Yeah. Like just to have some extra stuff that yeah. maybe, because some of it will be maybe some clips from the show. So yeah. if you've missed an episode or something and you don't have time to go back and listen to the whole thing, we might have some <laughs> clips there. Or what we're going to try to do is do some more YouTube exclusive content so just yeah. to give you guys some extra stuff so you hear this show you might want to see other stuff we're doing yeah. or if you're a fan of this show and you're looking for ways to introduce your friends to it and maybe your friends aren't going to be willing to sit through an hour show something Little they've never teasers. heard before it's a way to get people interested yeah you know like those those um, fun size bars you can get yes <laughs> YouTube is genius hack fun size yeah <laughs> <laughs> well there's a logo I'm making for our YouTube videos <laughs> But anyway, you're <laughs> yes. sitting here buzzing, wanting to yes. get to your facts. So yes. we will get to your, your facts section. Okay, right. So DNA. There is enough DNA in the average person's body to stretch from the sun to Pluto and back 17 times. That, that's 17 unreal. times. What the hell? That's mad. And shout out to Pluto being recognised, just, yeah, know, just as because, an aside. You know, we, we, we definitely pointed out last week, we're pro-Pluto here. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, no, that's really interesting. Like, isn't it's, that? When you stop and think of, like, a little old person. Yeah. And st- I, I find that kind of stuff crazy. It, it really makes you stop and think about the fact that your body is as amazing as it is. Yeah. It, like, I mean, I think... My favorite thing is, you know, it's like, oh, wow, the mind is so amazing. It's like it's a powerhouse of the entire body, mm. not the mitochondria. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Biology's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then, then you kind of realize it's like, oh, your brain is thinking about how great it is. Yeah. Like it's just being really self-absorbed. <laughs> it's like, was it on this show we were talking about that you're basically like the little alien from Men in Black? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, for people who maybe missed that episode or don't get the reference, yeah. the scene in Men in Black where they're autopsying the guy and his head <laughs> opens and it's a little alien inside him. That That's is what essentially we are. us. <laughs> we're, we're just like, we are what's up here. Yes. You know, like we're, we're kind of, everything else is a, just our, our robot armor. <laughs> um, and it's all, you know, it, it keeps you grounded, mm. really. Like, it let's, does, it let's makes you stop and think. Yeah, let's not run away with ourselves, shall we? Mm. <laughs> Let the AI do that. But at the same time, it makes you realise how amazing we actually are. Yeah. Like the functions that, and just the things that go on inside our body that we don't think about on a regular basis. You know, even just down to our emotions and how we feel about things are just chemical reactions and stuff. Exactly, yeah. Which is, in one sense, a little bit sad. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, it's just chemicals. It's (laughs) like, yeah, I I don't actually really like this person. Just the chemicals in my brain made it so it seems that way. (laughs) Yeah. I associate this person with these chemicals. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, but speaking of chemicals and li- life in general. Segway. Yeah. <laughs> seamless, seamless, seamless. <laughs> um, you know the Great Barrier Reef? I do. And let's not talk about how it's dying. Yeah, we, we won't be negative. Yeah. Um, it's over 2,000 kilometres long. So it is considered the largest living structure on Earth. Oh, wow. Yeah. <coughs> Which... It's so weird because I suppose it is alive. Mm-hmm. And to think of a, a structure as alive and then thinking yeah. of a structure that's alive that's 2,000 kilometers long. It's a bit trippy. Yeah. <laughs> also sounds like an alien. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it kind of does. 
But I find like that. I think that's one of those facts that people have probably heard at some point that mm. it's a living thing and it's just yeah. a massive living thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think you're right in what you say that when you think of these big structures, when you think of when people say the word structures, you're thinking walls, you're yeah, thinking like buildings, a building, yeah. or even if you are thinking natural structures, you're thinking like the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You're thinking you know stuff like that. Yeah. But when you stop and think that like a you big put all structure these like that is alive. alive, like I think I definitely want to see the Great Barrier Reef for one. I yeah. think that's definitely on my bucket list because mm. it is, once again, it is alive. It's a, like a beautiful thing. Only thing in the way is I can't swim. You can't swim? I can't swim. There's something I didn't know. Mm, yeah, there's uh. another fun fact. Not science, it's just <laughs> Orla. Fact, Orla e. can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't push me into a large body of water. I or a small swimming. body of water. Just don't, just don't push me. <laughs> Orla around a puddle gets very nervous. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> She's quite small. <laughs> I can't really say much of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think for those who can swim, I think the Great Barrier Reef would be would be an amazing mm. trip and something to see and be thinking about like, this is alive when you're there. Then get really weirded out by the fact that it's alive. It's a like, living thing. It's like, oh, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to disturb it. We'll put it that way. We're being nice. We're not disturbing it yeah. is what's happening. Yeah. Um, Another fact I have here, again, kind of going back to how weird, like, the human body is and just life in general. In an entire lifetime, the average person walks the equivalent of five times around the world. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about lazy people? Do we not? Yeah. Like, I don't. <laughs> uh, we are talking averages here. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, I, uh, you can kind of nearly see where that would be a thing. Because yeah. you start adding up the little things. Like, For sure. I walk to and from work every day. Mm. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's not much, but it's a little bit every day. Yeah. Here's your kind of 15 minutes here, 15 minutes back. Yeah. You know, I walk to my bed multiple times a day. Yeah, to and from to and from <laughs> the to bed. To and from, yeah. yeah. I go to the kitchen too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I suppose when you start breaking it down, you can start to see it. But to think that yeah. you walk that, how many times? Um, Five times. Five times. <laughs> And no. like I have, I have a fitness tracker that tracks your steps, and it's uh, and then like you get a little notification saying like, oh, you've walked this much, or congratulations, you've walked the equivalent of seventeen marathons and things oh, like that. That's or, cool. You've walked the length of China, and it's really weird because like to be honest, I haven't had it that long, and I can't remember what my most recent like achievement was. Have you was. walked the length of China yet? I've. It's something like that, and um, it is weird when you do track those steps and put your steps into like a, a measurement of like kilometers or meters or things like that because you don't really consider your step as like you know it's like oh yeah I walked 5k yeah. or something like that you would like I know personally I wouldn't correlate that to the amount of steps that I've taken mm -hmm. if you get me um so kind of having that in the in the reference of you've walked around the world five yeah. times like on average by that the time it, you die. It puts it into a perspective or puts it into a kind of a, a thing that I think we can sort of understand a bit more. Mm. Like, as you said, sometimes the whole, it, it's kind of a nebulous concept of like, I've walked this many kilometers. It's like, yeah, that's great. But yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, like, I'm I'm really bad with that kind of stuff where someone will say, yeah. oh, it's only about, you know, five kilometers away. Yeah. yeah does that, is that going to take me an hour? Is that yeah. going to take me a week? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, is this from, from like here to town? Mm. Or? Like, I'm not that bad. I know, you know, that's not going to take me a week. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't, I know some people who, if you tell them something is three or four kilometers away, mm. they can plan their trip. Yeah. You know, they have an idea of how long it's going to take them to get there. Yeah. I wouldn't have a clue. 
me neither and like one way that I have figured out was before Christmas I went to Berlin mm-hmm. and um, I was I went on my own and I was visiting my friends and um, so I was using Google Maps a lot because they were in work during yeah. the day so I was out on my own and um, I'd go by maps and I'd put in where I wanted to go and it would have like you know estimated time it would take me to walk there so say it's like 30 minutes and it's like 4.2 kilometers I'm like okay so it takes me 32 minutes to work f- to walk four kilometers. Interesting. This is okay. how I've gotten my point of reference, just literally by using maps, walking around a city I'd never been to before. Well, see that? Yeah, I think Google Maps and internety stuff, mm. <laughs> internety things, internet have made it a little bit easier for people to uh, to kind of navigate around these kind of things and yeah, work these things out. Context to it, because again, you again the whole like putting like your steps into the form of kilometers. Because mm. I mean, you can you can do a five k walk. On, on a Saturday morning or something like that. Or you could walk 5K in a day, just wandering around, literally from going around your house, going to work. Like You walk more kilometres a day than you think, yeah. even though it could just be short distances, like myself going from my bedroom to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, they count, they count. They count, they all add up. My, my watch told me so. <laughs> <laughs> and as we all know, watches don't lie. Exactly, yeah. They tell the time, mm. so I trust them. They tell the time and the truth. And the truth, yeah, <laughs> truth time. <laughs> it's, it's truth time. <laughs> That's your superhero catchphrase. It's yeah, truth, truth time. time. <laughs> you can walk to, by the end of your life. You'll have walked around the world five times. <laughs> uh, okay, I think we need, Sorry, to, yeah. we need to move away <laughs> from walking around the earth five yes. times. <laughs> um, speaking of, okay, right now. Okay, think, right now yeah, you gave up yeah, on it straight yeah, away. Yeah. Um, so, dolphins. Yay. Killer whales. Also, yay. Yeah. Would you say great. that killer whales are actually dolphins? Are they dolphins? Yeah. I knew they weren't whales. Yeah, I knew they weren't whales, but I just thought like orca was a species of its own kind mm. of thing. Um, so basically, it's despite their name, killer whales or orcas, they're the largest members of the dolphin family. So they're actually dolphins. Oh, okay. Yep. Technically, orcas are also whales because dolphins belong to the cetacean order within the toothed whale so, suborder. So they are whales. So, so I'm so confused. So they're not whales, but they're dolphins. But dolphins are also <laughs> whales. Are whales? Uh, I love that kind of stuff where it's like, don't be going around saying killer whales are whales. They're not. They're dolphins. But what are dolphins? Well, they're whales. They're whales. <laughs> Which is it? Spoiler, they're all orcas. They're, they're all... No, what? <laughs> I've always thought orcas were a lovely name. Like mm. for an animal. Like, a, you refer to them as an orca. Yeah. It's a, such a... It's so, so much nicer than killer whale. Yeah. It's just like, oh, orca. Oh, killer whale. Like one side's very terrifying. One's kind of nice and soothing. Mm. Like whale noises. And they're amazing looking. <laughs> yeah. They're oh, incredible they're looking. gorgeous. I got to see them in the ocean <clears> one time. They're like big cows. They are. They're mm. like ocean cows. Ocean cows. <laughs> they are so cool, though. Yeah, and they're so majestic. Mm. Oh, I love them. Like, again, just like going to the Bar- Great Barrier Reef, I think like getting to go out into the ocean and seeing wild sea creatures. I suppose the same thing as seeing wild animals mm. in their natural habitats, but seeing like dolphins or sharks or whales and things like that. This just like in the open ocean where you can't see anything else but yeah. ocean <clears throat> and then you just see these sea creatures having the time of their life like just so I've always wanted to see and I know it would be nearly impossible to do but like see a blue whale yeah because li- I couldn't imagine something that immense being alive 
Yeah. Like I've been to um, the Natural History Museum in London mm. and you walk into, it is the Blue Whale I'm thinking of, isn't it? That's the biggest one. As far as I know. I could be getting this wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about from wrong. Yeah. I'll just, disclaimer, I've got a bit of a cold. So my brain's not working <laughs> at 100% right now, so I do apologize. It's also why I probably sound a bit strange. Do you always um, have a cold? <laughs> oh, oh, that was I'm low. Sorry, I'm sorry, so this is the I'm final sorry. episode of Genius Hack. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I remember walking into that room in the the British Museum or the the Natural History Museum and seeing uh, this the blue skeleton. whale. The, it's not the skeleton; like they have the oh. full body, kind of the whole size, full size oh, thing. Cool. And I, I, it was a feeling I can't properly describe. It was sort of. And anyone who's seen it has possibly have had the same feeling mm. of seeing something that's that big. I was amazed and slightly scared. Yeah. It's a weird way that, to describe it, but that's how I felt. It was I was amazed on one hand at how something could be that big. But there was also that slight fear of that something could be that scale. Yeah. It almost puts you in your place a little bit. Now, I get this completely, but please do bear with me. And let's let's hold the slaggings till the end of the okay. show. I get this with wind turbines. That's a strange one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like the giant wind farm turbines. Yeah. yeah, I get that same sensation when I see them. They are too large. They make me feel really uncomfortable, and like they literally scare me. I have been driving not only as a passenger <laughs> but as the driver. Oh my god! Going down the motorway. And I remember one time I was with my boyfriend and I got a massive fright. And he was just like, oh, Jesus, that was an actual fright. I was like, yes, it was an actual fright. <laughs> like, my heart rate increases. I feel like I'm going to throw up. Genuine fear strikes me when I see these. You and see a wind turbine. Yeah. And on the route that we were doing, it was this one lonely wind turbine that caught me off guard on our way to our destination. Did it jump out at you? It did. Because it did the exact same thing on the way back. And another time when I wasn't the driver, I, we were on the way to Kerry. And when we were going, there was like a massive farm of these wind turbines just completely still. A couple of days later, when we were coming home, they were all moving. I do not trust these large, yet extremely beneficial for the environment. And I do understand <laughs> they're doing a really good thing and like clean air and pollution is bad and we need alternative fuel and mm-hmm. all this. But my God, do they terrify me to my core. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure how to respond to this. Uh, I know. Like, I thought my <laughs> blue whale being so vast, it kind of scares me slightly, was weird. Yeah. And I don't know, I have no idea where this has all originated from. I mean, I, I've seen them in the dark and they've petrified me, like driving in the dark. And they're just like, they're waiting. They're waiting for something. Wow. I know they're plotting. <laughs> well, I suppose at the end of the day, fear is sort of an irrational thing. Well, yeah. it's not that yeah. fear is an irrational thing. Phobias, I suppose, are an yeah. irrational thing. Yeah. Fear is usually a, a warning sign. Self-preservation yeah. kind of thing. But we can be scared of things that are irrational to be scared of. Like wind turbines. Like wind turbines. <laughs> now, I'm going to keep it professional, but you'd want to hear the slagging the order's going to get when the show ends. I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> it is an unusual one, and I will admit that. And I wish I could even say, like, have a cool origin story to where this phobia has come I, from. I was bitten by a wind turbine. <laughs> <laughs> A wind turbine stole my family. But no, no, I don't have a cool origin story. I I just, they make me extremely uncomfortable. Wow. Yep. Actually, do, is, no. let us know some of your weird phobias, please. Yeah, because I know you have them. Yeah. We all have our, our strange, our strange phobias. Yeah. 
Or like what I really want to know is does anybody else have fears of wind turbines? <laughs> yeah, actually that's a good one mm. because I have never heard of this before. And like I don't I think it's like how large they are mm. how like cuz like have you seen a human stand next to them? They yeah. look like an ant. I've seen humans on top of them. What? Maintenance. No, 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 that, video that, actually, of that guy, he got stuck on top of it and there was a fire. No, and, yeah. no, 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 please don't like. Actually. Okay, I'll stop now because I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm staring fear in the face right now. This is actually quite strange. Oh my God, what, I can't, I, I, I can't believe this has just happened, but like, oh. Did you ever think about the fact maintenance has to be done on them? I know, but one going on fire, a flaming wind turbine with a human on it. Oh please, don't let's give Orla some fuel for a nightmare tonight. <laughs> nightmare fuel. What will I say? <laughs> don't don't look up that video. Um, but it's like what I find crazy is that at certain times during the day when you're in town, there's someone in the spire. What? Yeah, what? you can get in. There's there's a next time you're in town, stand by the spire and look. You know the way you've got the the way the the yeah the the crossroads. Yeah, the crossroads there where the spire is. <laughs> but then if you look down at the side of the spire, there's actually a slight gap between the spire and what? the side. Yeah, it's. There has to be. It's because it's a low expansion oh, and course. stuff in the yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But if you look down there, um, <laughs> there's actually, uh, well, if, if you happen to catch somebody's eye, but there's <laughs> actually uh, an actually area down there, about. and then there's a uh, ladder inside it. No way. For maintenance stuff, because for the lights and that up the top. Of course. Maintenance yeah. has to be done. So there's actually a ladder that goes up a certain distance. And actually, as we're speaking of the spire, not a bother with the spire. So I think it's something to do with the rotating. It's so it's something to do with rotating. I also have do you have any kind of fear of circular saws? Uh, no, <laughs> but I do have fear of street cleaners. <laughs> what? Uh, I, think, I think the subject of this show needs to just change to Orla and her strange fears. Yeah, and again, I think it's the rotating brushes. They're going to eat me. <laughs> and I have 100% not only dragged myself like out of like awkwardly gotten myself out of the way of a street cleaner to be safe I have dragged friends and family out of the way because you I want, want them, them to eat them yeah I don't want them to get eaten well that's I think that's uh, rather valiant thank you <laughs> <laughs> they're in they're in such danger and they don't even realise and it. they don't even realise the dangers of the scary streets <laughs> yeah I know I have another fear of something that's spinny but I, it, I can't think of it at the moment so I, yeah I need to know where my my fear of rotating things comes from do let me know do um, well we're going to have to actually get to our interview with David Moore yeah. <laughs> um, and this is not uh, me just trying to go quickly let's move away yeah. from this so we also have time to come back and do a little bit of news at the end yeah. but um, what we are going to do is we are going to we spoke to David Moore earlier on we did uh, fantastic interview he speaks about all sorts of things dark matter if you're interested yeah. in that stick around he talks about dark matter we talk about the moon watch that's coming up I learned so much about the moon just listen to my reactions yeah and those radio the bursts. Noise is like, yes, the, the radio, radio bursts, bursts from space. <gasps> he speaks about them too. So stick around um, and we are going to pass you over now to us earlier today. Ooh. Time travel as we <laughs> spoke to David Moore from Astronomy Ireland. And we are joined now on the show by David Moore from Astronomy Ireland. Welcome to the show, David. Welcome. Thank you very much. In fact, welcome back to the show. It's your second time on our show. Cool. I look forward to many more. Absolutely. Um, there's loads of stuff we're going to talk about. Um, we, it's been a busy week. It has been, and there's there's a lot of stuff going on with Astronomy Ireland as yeah. well. Um, you guys have the the Moon Watch coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second because people will want information on how to go to that. But um, of course, then the, it's would be what yeah Monday you had the the lecture about uh, dark energy and dark matter. Yeah, this is a fascinating topic, 
uh, whoever solves the problem is almost certainly going to get the Nobel Prize. Mm. Because we've no idea what this uh, dark energy is in the universe that's making it expand at a faster and faster rate. Basically, something is pulling the universe apart. Oh, and we've yeah. just given, all the best we've done is give it a name, dark energy, and measure it. But we have no idea what it is. And the dark matter we've known of for even longer, and that's the some substance in the universe that uh, it makes up far more than all the atoms that you and I are made of, wow. uh, whether they be in stars, planets, or gas clouds un- unseen. So there's some, there's, between those two, there's about 25 times more stuff in the universe than we're aware of, than you know, where those planets and stars are made of. So, you know, in this uh, state of the 21st century, our knowledge of what makes up the universe is worse than ever. <laughs> It's mad when you when you really think about it like that. It feels kind of equally exciting and scary at the same time because, as you said, it's pulling the universe apart, which sounds a bit daunting and intimidating. Yes, um, we, I give a talk about the universe, and uh, we do a lot in schools around the country. Cool. And we end the, the the talk on a bit of a downer in that it looks like the universe is going to expand forever. Uh, in fact, it's going to expand so quickly that right now. Um, people probably have some idea how small one atom is. Mm. They're incredibly tiny. Mm. Uh, and you need know, to fit 10 million of them across one millimeter, like <laughs> a ruler. Wow. But your house, actually, the space that's sitting in, the front wall moves away from the back wall about the width of one atom every year. Really? So space, yeah. Space is stretching, and that's what's happened since the Big Bang. But we now know that that's speeding up. So it's eventually going to be a long time in the future. Yeah. It's going to be two atoms a year, and then 20 atoms a year, and then a million atoms a year, and then trillions and trillions of atoms a year. Eventually it'll be doubling its size every year, yeah. and then quadrupling. It's increased by a factor of 10. And one day in the future, the, universe, the space to the universe will be stretching so fast that individual atoms will be ripped apart and nothing will be able to exist in the universe. Oh, And as far as we know, that's the scary death, if you like, that awaits the universe a very, very long way in the future, much longer than the universe has currently existed for. But this is what, why we're so interested in dark energy. It maybe at some stage stops or turns around or does something else. Yeah. If it keeps on doing what it's doing now, that's the fate of the universe. Wow. That, that's unreal and and the fact that as you said in terms of the, the example you gave there where like your front wall and your back wall mm. are moving away from each other at uh, yeah. about the distance of an atom per year so it, it's one of those things where it, it sounds like this big massive thing that's going to happen in the future but mm. the fact that we have like evidence that we can show that look it's, it is happening it's not a theory it's not something we think is happening we know it's, it's happening that, it's crazy yeah on the scale of small objects like houses the expansion of the universe is trivial and <laughs> earthquakes uh, uh, that dwarf that, and we move in and out of the house all the time, so our own motion is far more important than the stretching of the space mm. that we all sit on. But, you know, we know from dark energy that's going to increase, and, and that's sort of a good way of putting it into context, putting it in people's minds. It also explains why, you know, we needed 21st century technology really to find it. Uh, it was found just at the end of the 20th century, uh, and the, it was found by looking at very distant galaxies. So you can imagine many houses you would fit between here and a distant galaxy. 
and each one of those will be moving away at one atom per year. So you've got trillions of trillions of trillions of houses in, in between. Yeah, rate actually becomes kilometers per second, not wow. just one atom per year. Wow. And we're able to measure that using spectroscopy. So this is why we know it's very real and very measurable. In fact, it's relatively easy to measure compared to how difficult it is to explain. Oh, My mind's blown here. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't mean to be so quiet, but I'm just spe- speechless. That's amazing and scary, but also it's so amazing that we can that it is measurable, that this is technology that we have. And as you said, that we, we've needed the 21st century technology to enable the, all this, but wow. Yes, and, you know, it's, it, it is mind-blowing. And the problem is it's a, it's a very real effect yeah. that's happening in our universe. And it's scary in that. You know, why do why does the universe exist if it's just going to basically destroy itself yeah. at some stage in the future? And what happens well, after? The only reason. <laughs> Isn't that, I suppose that's that's the question, you know. Yeah. It, it's kind of another another angle coming in at that question of why are we here? Why is the universe here? Why does <laughs> yeah. it exist? And I suppose there, there probably there may never be an answer to that question. I suppose mm. why why does the universe exist? It kind of exists because it exists. Yeah, we may never know the the, 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 the easy answer to that particular question. Why? Because why is a difficult one to answer? Yeah. There may just be no reason. It's just to do with the laws of physics, uh, laws of nature. And it may be that this is one universe and a whole multiverse of universes where things are different in each one. And this is the only one where life could get formed and ultimately become self-aware. But then what is consciousness? How can matter in a crazy universe like this become aware of itself? And that's a tough question. But the leading minds of the world are working on this and trying to understand that we We've learned in the past, never say never. Mm. Somebody might figure out the easy way of explaining it. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be the next Einstein or Newton, uh, because it is a huge uh, topic of research amongst astronomers. Definitely Nobel Prize stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's, it's going to be the big... It, it's, it is the big question. It's the... As you said, there's, there's definitely a Nobel Prize in the future of whoever kind of works this stuff out. Um, <clears throat> but when we're talking... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Saul Perlmutter is his name, won the Nobel Prize for discovering this dark energy, the fact that universe expansion is accelerating and not slowing up, and everybody had thought. So there's already been one Nobel Prize won in this area. Wow. So it's, it's, it's wide open, without a shadow of a doubt. Plenty more opportunities. Mm. Um, but that's, as you said, that's the effect of, of dark energy. We also spoke about dark matter, and you talked about that it, it makes up so much of our our universe around us it's it's in the 90s 90 odd percent isn't it well it's about uh, in terms of the atoms and uh, that make up you and i the planets the stars mm. the stuff we can see uh, either it's glowing like a star or else it's lit up by a star like yeah. back to matter so that stuff is ordinary matter but there's this dark matter stuff and there's roughly about five times more of it than there are atoms and we have no idea what it is now, it's going to be, we think, a bit easier to explain than dark energy because, first of all, we can measure it much more easily. There's definitely a lot of it controlling our galaxy, the Milky Way, and lots of other nearby galaxies as well. And it's crazy stuff that it's like light, uh, that would, uh, but to, to it, to dark matter, everything in the universe is like glass. So the light can pass through glass very easily. Oh, I see. And so it is dark matter could pass through the Earth, it could pass through the sun, past or anything. 
and it seems to mostly inhabit out in the outer parts of galaxies, probably because it's in orbit about the galaxies, and that's where it would go s- slowest. So it spends most of its time out there. And that makes it control the rate at which the galaxy spins. And galaxies should spin fast at the center and slow at the edge. It's a bit mm. like water going down a plug hole uh, in a sink. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't. It's, it spins at the same speed. And the only way of explaining that, why the outer bits move at the same speed as the inner bits, is that there's something out beyond that that's much more massive that's controlling the way the galaxy spins. And that was found a long time ago. And we think, well, people used to think, ah, it's probably just unseen small stars. Mm. No, no, it isn't. Maybe it's myriads of planets, but how could that be? We're pretty sure that just doesn't make sense. Um, and the best theory is that it's a new part of a new type of subatomic particle. I mean, we want to have things called neutrinos yeah. that pass through the Earth, no problem at all. They can pass through the sun. We've been able to trap a few of them and prove that they exist. So neutrinos are crazy little subatomic particles. And we think maybe there's another subatomic particle, the dark matter particle. And, and that's what they're looking for, places like CERN, the Large Hadron Collider, mm. at the moment. They've already found the Higgs boson. Yeah. So maybe they'll find this dark matter particle. And that uh, would tie it down and give us a huge insight into what is really out there. But if it's not that, science are going to be scratching the head over something that is a form of matter, unlike dark energy, which is just really a force pulling the universe apart. Mm. Dark matter is some form of matter. And we have no idea currently for certain what it is. Uh, but there are theories as well that maybe it's something to do with the laws of gravity and they need adjusting in the same way that Einstein adjusted Isaac Newton's laws of gravity and gave us a better way for understanding things at very high speed, uh, is rel- relativistic effects, as they're called. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, Einstein's theory of gravity is very similar to Newton's. Along with things are moving slow, they're actually identical. And things start moving close to the speed of light, Newton's totally wrong, and you need Einstein's theories of how things work. And it, it may be that there's another tweak on top of that for the very large-scale universe that can somehow explain either or and dark matter and dark energy. And that's really, really the cutting area of research, and that was the subject of our New Year public lecture. And we'll, we'll get on to that as well, as you said, with the, with the public lecture, because for people who missed it, uh, there is an opportunity to, to see that again. We'll get on to yeah. that in, in just a second. I just wanted to ask really quickly, though, um, we're, we're talking about that and talking about dark matter. And as you said, we don't 100% understand what it is yet. And it, is it kind of one of those situations where um, we, we say it exists or we know it exists kind of because literally because there's like a necessity for it, it has to exist. There's something there. We know it's there. We just can't quite put our finger on it. Is that sort of where it is? Yeah, with dark matter, the, the classic experiment that discovered it was that you look at a distant galaxy, and using spectroscopy, you can see that the left edge, if still, say the galaxy is the galaxies are large flat disks, and let's say it's suppose it's, it's you're not looking at it from above or from the edge. You're looking at it about halfway. So what, the left edge may be coming towards you, and if it is then the right edge will be going away from you. Yeah. And the light from the stars in those edges, you can measure with a, a spectroscope and figure out how fast they're actually moving. It's a great mm. little trick that physicists have. And uh, it works extremely well. Now, you can measure the very edge of the galaxy, halfway from the center to the edge and near the center. And you would expect from, if you, if you do the mathematical calculations, that the, center, the stars in the center, they're close to the center of the galaxy, they'd be going around very fast. 
the ones out at the edge would be moving much slower. And that's not what people measured when they first did it. Mm. They were a bit shocked. Now, they thought, well, there must be just some unseen gas and dust or something else in the galaxy, because what else could it be? Yeah. Nobody thought there would be any crazy dark matter particle. But it became obvious as telescopes and astronomy became better that there aren't faint stars or unseen planets floating around in interstellar space. And so it had to be something exotic outside of the galaxy. So the real picture of a galaxy is the atoms, stars, planets, gas and dust spinning around at much the same rate, rather like a, a, a car wheel, a solid wheel. And then out beyond that, there's five times more stuff that gravity is actually affecting the, the inner stuff, because it isn't solid like a wheel, it's individual particles, but it's been forced to move like a solid wheel by this stuff further out. And stuff is the best <laughs> description we have <laughs> for dark matter so far. It's it's all just so fascinating. It, it's unbelievable. But like I, I was, yeah. as we said, you had the 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 New Year's talk, the, the public talk. And um, for people who missed that, you said there is a way people can uh, can get a look at that because obviously there's going to be more more information yeah. in that lecture than we can cram into this oh, little interview. Ab- absolutely, and it's given by a world authority, Dr. Ben Elder from the University of Nottingham. He, this is what he does for a living. He goes to all the conferences around the world, uh, writes papers, and presents them on. The, where they're chipping away at the edge of this particular problem, and uh, we, you know, he we, he was the nearest person we could find who is a world authority. We always try and find somebody special for our New Year public lecture, mm. and because most of the members of Astronomy Ireland do not live in Dublin, we're a 32 county organisation. Uh, we always record our talks on DVD. We don't an expert like Dr. Ben Elder uh, giving the talk and it being lost. Yeah. In, in space forever then now we have a permanent record and anybody in the 32 counties can get a copy of that and it's just as good as being there and you'll know everything you know if you see a documentary on national geographic channel about dark matter it was made months maybe even a year or two ago yeah if there was a conference that morning that ben elder gave the talk he would incorporate what was discovered into that talk it yeah. is like a, a news interview up to date and it is an area where things are moving rapidly and we're hoping actually in the next couple of years especially if the particle accelerators find the dark matter particle and that's what it is that we will have an answer to that half of the puzzle anyway so if you want to get the dvd just go to our website astronomy.ie and you can order it there it's the same price as a ticket to go to lecture so if you watch it on dvd or you watch it in person you'll know the same thing for the same price Fantastic! That's brilliant. And as you said, we're having so many members not living in Dublin. It's a, a great chance to uh, to actually get to see that. Um, but talking about Dublin, who can't get along, um, uh, they can avail of the service that way. So it's it's been it's a unique thing that we did because astronomy clubs around the world have this problem. Uh, mm-hmm. In the old days, long before astronomy on existed, I was a member of the British Astronomical Association, and their monthly talks were in London. So I had very little chance of getting to any of those. In fact, in my life, I have never been to one of their lectures. <laughs> Uh, but now with this, we're able to solve that problem. Um, we've just invested in some good video equipment, and, and you can burn DVDs using your computer these days, so everyone can avail of it. Fantastic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great way of opening it up to more people. And no one Absolutely. has to miss out. So we're talking about Astronomy Ireland and the amazing events you guys have on. You have a calendar of events throughout the year, and 
well, coming up, you have your next Moonwatch, which uh, I've seen on your website. You're aiming specific, well, not specifically, but you're also, you're inviting along people who maybe got telescopes for Christmas yeah. and who want to kind of try them out and find out how you use them. Yeah, we have. Yeah, uh, in January every year we have a three-in-one excuse. Uh, but <laughs> I use the two-in-one excuse, but this year a three-in-one excuse to set up telescopes fairly early. Yeah. And the first reason is that a week later, our evening classes for beginners start in the city centre in Trinity College. Although they're in the university, they're not at university level, they're aimed at the general public. Hmm. Uh, just there are great lecturing facilities in Trinity College, which they allow us to use, and it's city central, so people from north side or south side can get into it easy enough. So it's a beginner's class. And so we all, a week before, we always organize a, a, a sky viewing event. And that also couples in nicely with the fact that a lot of people got telescopes for Christmas, hmm. and some of them don't know how to use them, even how to assemble them properly. And so they can bring them along to the event. Whether it's cloudy or clear, we'll be there. And we will set the telescopes up, show them how to use them, and or answer any questions if they start using them and wondering exactly what they can see with them, uh, and have it as a telescope workshop. And then that's the first two items. The third item this year, it's a moon watch to kick off 2019, because this is the 50th anniversary of the first man landing on the moon, Neil Armstrong, nice. July. And there are going to be lots of other events. There's an article in, in the uh, February issue of our magazine just at the printers at the moment, which is all about the moon landings. And there are going to be more of those all during the year. Uh, I can tell you that Archie are, are making a documentary about it, which we'll be part of. And you're going to see lots and lots of international documentaries about the most important event in history, which is a very Irish event, we like to tell people. Because Neil Armstrong told me in, when I interviewed him that he was a proud Fermanagh man. Oh. His family came from County Fermanagh. When I talked to him in 2003, he had just traced his family history, and he laughed when he told me his family in Fermanagh were known for stealing cattle. <laughs> <laughs> so your history book should say, the first man the moon was descended from Irish cattle rustlers. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be leaving that part out. Yeah, that, that's gotten lost to history a little yeah. bit. <laughs> um, and just for people who will be attending the Moonwatch, uh, fingers crossed you get a clear night, what, what yeah. could they hope to see? Well, yeah, uh, the, the moon in a telescope is by far the most incredible sight. Uh, with the kind of telescopes we have, they're thousands of times better than your eyes. Yeah. They will fill the whole field of view. And you can see the mountains, the craters, the valleys, wow. the huge dark plains of lava. Uh, that of lava. Down the millions of years ago. Yes, yeah, not hot, it's now solidified. Yeah. It, it happened millions of years ago, but it left. In fact, you can see that with the naked eye. If you look at the moon, you see all the blotches, yeah. the dark blotches. They're actually where an object from space hit the moon so hard it broke through the surface to the molten rock below, which oozed out into the crater that was left, and sort of set as a sea of solid rock, basalt no uh, rock. And it looks dark as a result because that, that happened toward the end of the period when the moon was being bombarded by uh, uh, rocks in space. And so that dark area is pretty new and pristine, whereas the whitish part of the rest of the moon is because it's been pummeled by objects from space and has been mashed up with low craters upon craters. And that's exactly what you'll see in the telescope, craters inside craters. Wow. And some of the big ones have mountains in the middle that stick up uh, incredibly and there's all this detail to see it's like looking at the Grand Canyon times a million and, uh, and there's no clouds on the moon so as long as it's clear on, on the earth we get to see in all mm. the detail 
detail, and I've been looking at this for a decade. That's and amazing. The moon still looks just as fascinating. You know, I could spend hours viewing it through a telescope <laughs> as I could the first time I saw it. it it's, it's an amazing thing as well. I'm, I'll, I'll often stand there and just look out the window. And the amazing thing with the moon, obviously, is the the scale of some of the the kind of the they like the the, the craters, for mm. instance, on the moon that you can see them with your naked eye. And anybody who's ever looked up at the moon and seen, you know, you can see things on the moon with, yeah. with your naked eye. It, you just kind of imagine how much more detail you're going to get if you have something that, you know, multiplies your, your uh, vision by whatever percent your telescope is. Just even if it's thousands, exactly. But I mean, even if it's not a super powerful telescope, but the fact that we can see so much with the naked eye, I'd imagine even with a, a relatively kind of entry level telescope, you're still going to get a lot of detail. Yep, even if you go and buy a pair of 10 by 50 binoculars, which are good binoculars, you can get them for as cheap as 20 euros. Oh. Uh, they're 100 times better than your eyes. If you hold them steady, rest your elbows on a car or a wall or something, mm. you can actually see the bigger craters that have hit the moon, uh, but you won't see the mountains inside the craters. You yeah. do need a small telescope on a tripod held steady to see those, and the big telescopes that we have. You can see multiple peaks in the middle of the craters uh, where... The, the rock has bounced back up after the object hit the moon. So we can see the mountains inside the craters on the moon, and people ooh and ah this all night. And in fact, it links nicely back to the telescope workshop. We tell people the first thing to practice on is the moon. And this week is, is a great week because the moon's in the evening sky, so you don't have to wait up too late, and it's fairly high up as well. Mm. And, he, and the, uh, the planet Mars is up there as well. We'll show people the planet Mars through telescopes. It's not very impressive because it's actually very far away. It's closest in July of last year. Oh. Uh, but at least we can see it with the naked eye. And people will see it through the telescopes as a disk, uh, but not with the kind of detail on it that you can see on the moon. Because mm. Mars is hundreds of times further away than the moon is. Yeah. And, I mean, we've, we've got some uh, great pictures that we're going to have coming back from Mars uh now at the minute anyway. Yeah. That's with insight being up there. We're hoping to get more, more from that. Yeah. So. Um, there are spacecraft orbiting Mars at the moment, taking pictures of the surface as we speak mm -hmm. and releasing new pictures every day. Whenever there's some interesting ones, they immediately go into Astronomy Island magazine, you can be sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so do you want to give the date again for that, for people who want to go? Yeah. Well, tomorrow night, Wednesday, mm -hmm. uh, the 16th of January. And if you go along to our website again, astronomy.ie, you'll see the details there. Uh, 7.30, Astronomy Island Headquarters, which is in Blanchardstown, in the Rosemount Business Park. And there's an exact map on the website showing you where it mm -hmm. is. If you know where the Rosemount Business Park is, it's up top of the Snugborough Road, past the National Aquatic Centre. Um, when you get top of the road, just turn right and immediately left into the Rosemount Business Park, and you're practically there. And you'll have some of the biggest telescopes in the world made available to the public to look through. Wow. And if you live in the Dublin 15 area, you're you're relatively close anyway. So oh, it would be almost criminal not to go. Yeah. People will come from uh, certainly all parts of Leinster, and occasionally you get people from Kerry and Donegal coming down to look wow. for these. And it's so encouraging to see so much enthusiasm surrounding it that you are getting those numbers and that people want to learn, and even if it is just to learn how to use their telescope. But it's always great to see such a curiosity in space exploration and things uh, like that absolutely mm -hmm. I mean we had one moon watch last year there were well over a thousand people queuing up to look through the telescopes Whoa. it was a lovely clear night so hopefully yeah. we'll get the same thing again this year yeah. be a great this year for the Apollo anniversary yeah definitely absolutely
Uh, well, look, David, we know you're, you're a busy man, so we won't keep you too much longer. <laughs> but just before we let you go, um, I think one of the big questions that's uh, going around at the minute, because mm. a lot of people have been kind of hearing this reported on the news and all over the place, because I think because it makes a great headline, it sounds really good. Um, the idea that we're seeing these um, repeated fast radio bursts coming from space, uh, coming from somewhere out there, and people yeah. not 100% sure what they are. And of course, everybody's brain jumps to the kind of uh, the fairy tale idea of, oh, it's E.T. sending us a, a transmission <laughs> to let us know let us know he's here. But, um, we, you know, what do, we, what do we know about these? Well, when you review it with a, with a, a, clear, a clear thinking, logical head, what you find, okay, we found radio bursts uh, that are very fast and that are difficult to explain with normally normal uh, objects that we see. We don't see anything near it that's doing this. So you then have a list of what it could be. So it mm. could be something to do with neutron stars. It could be some exotic physics going on that we don't even and never even thought was happening yeah. at the moment. Uh, or a bunch of other things. And mm. down the list, way down the list, is it could be aliens <laughs> sending radio bursts at us. Yeah. Yeah. No? But there's a lot of other things in the, uh, above the list that are much more likely. But when you, when you le- let this out to the general public, the media pick up on the alien. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And they accentuate the aliens. And technically the scientists cannot say it is not aliens. So mm-hmm. that gives them a great scope to be able to, uh, to feed off this story. Now it's good and bad. Yeah. Most of us, we're 99.9% sure it's not aliens. But we can't get astronomy into the news. And that's sort of always a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll pick up an interest in astronomy, the real astronomy, not the alien stuff. <laughs> so we're not really going to put the, the media down because they could actually be right. There is a tiny, yeah. tiny chance it really is aliens. But I think you'll be reading the pages of Astronomy Island magazine in a few months, hopefully not a few years, <laughs> what exactly it is. And we've either explained it as neutron stars. I mean, we had these crazy things called gamma ray bursts, mm. which were happening on the far side of the universe. And now mm. we're pretty sure that they're neutron stars colliding, uh, bl- uh, black holes colliding, that kind of thing. Um, and people just dotting the I's and crossing the T's of the physics that explains what actually happens when monsters like that collide with, the, mm. with each other. Um, but at least we're pretty certain that's what they are. But I remember when they first came out, nobody really knew what they were. Yeah. But there you go. There's an excuse. Keep up with Astronomy Ireland magazine, and as soon as as soon as we know what they are, I'm sure they'll be in there. Yeah. We're looking for loads of new members. We'll be signing people up at, at the at the watch on Wednesday if they want to join up. We'll give them lots of free back issues to get them started as well. Oh, and you know, Astronomy Ireland magazine always has loads of things that aren't available online, especially the Irish angles to all mm. these stories. We have a special article uh, uh, in this month's issue about the total eclipse of the moon happening on Sunday night. Technically Monday morning, about three to five in the morning. So you need to stay up late on Sunday <laughs> night or get up very early on Monday morning. And it's the best one we're going to see from Ireland for 14 years. Oh, wow. So if you want to read the, the Irish articles about it, sign up for Astronomy Island magazine now so we can post it to you in time. We actually email the articles to people this week as well uh, just to make sure they get to read it in mm. advance of the eclipse itself. And if it's clear, the magazine will be full of pictures of the total eclipse in the following issue fantastic and uh, absolutely definitely worth looking at I've had a, had a read through some issues myself it's a fantastic magazine great publication it's only a, a five or a month exactly you know, yeah. an adult you know that's less than a pint a month <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a kid it's instead of your comic that week or something yeah. <laughs> maybe <a pocket> money. <laughs> I, I might have dated myself there do kids still read comics I'm, I'm not 100% sure if that's still a thing I was a B no kid <laughs> but um 
Yeah, and the, for the people who might have been a little bit disappointed about the whole radio burst thing, hold on to that 0.1% of a yeah. chance that it could possibly yeah. be aliens, if that's what you want to do. We're not here to ruin anybody's fun, we're just giving you the facts. Uh, Absolutely. But David, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for giving thank us your you time. Thank you so much. My pleasure, and a happy new year. We'll talk to you again, I'm sure. Same you to too. you. Thank Bye. you very much, and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye now. And there you go. David Batman. Moore from Astronomy Ireland. And like... I well, I know we said that it was like ninety nine point nine percent that it probably isn't aliens, mm-hmm. but at but the same is. time, yeah, <laughs> it's so aliens. I'm clinging on to that point one percent. I think though, like, obvi- I'm I'm skeptical. I think there is a, a possibility. There is something else out there. I do think mm-hmm. that is a possibility. But oh, I was all sure. I was obviously skeptical that this was that. Yeah, you know, it's like there's so as he said, like there's so much more that it could possibly be. Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the good things that he also mentioned was like, you know, the media will cling to it, but mm. on the flip side, <coughs> if the media are clinging to it, there's going to be so much more attention drawn to it, mm. and it's going to get people involved in space yeah. and interested and looking up things. And I mean, if people are interested in like furthering their knowledge about space in general and by all their research by realising themselves that it's probably yeah. not aliens they're going to learn so much more exactly and I'm glad he mentioned that as well that the media mm. will cling on to it and that yeah. yes sometimes it's a bad thing but sometimes it's a good thing Yeah, because it is it's a kind of a double edged sword it's yeah. not 100% great but it's also not really bad either because it might make some people interested exactly. and sometimes it's the extremes of a topic like that yeah. that get you interested in it and the thing is, like, based off sci-fi and movies that we've seen and things like that, like, it's, that's kind of what we think of when you think, when we think about mysterious things in space, because everything else is c- kind of trickier to understand, like, like the dark matter and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not something that you're like, oh, I don't know, I instantly know what that is kind of thing. Yeah. Or there's not, like, loads of movies based around dark matter. It's it's always aliens and what happens when yeah. we explore space. Like, what do you do? You find aliens kind of thing. Absolutely. I it's your first point of reference. Exactly. And I found the, the dark matter so fascinating. Oh, Because definitely. it's just the idea that so much of our universe is made of this stuff and we don't know what it is. Yeah. You know, we don't, well, we don't really know what it is. We're kind yeah. of guessing. And the whole idea, when he it was blew d- me away when he was talking about the whole thing of your front and back garden wall yeah. every year being moved away from each other at, by like the size an of an atom. atom. Which obviously is tiny he explains he gave an explanation of how small how small that is yeah but like it's still still mad it's still the concept like the the main takeaway is like no they're moving Mm. (laughs) um crazy and and when he was describing like dark matter and he was like oh like it can it can go through it can go through different uh, materials like like light through glass yes Mm. yeah all i could think of was ghosts (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're made of dark matter yeah I, I realised that I went really quiet when he was talking about this because all I could think of was like it's ghosts it's ghosts ghosts are dark matter dark matter is oh, ghosts they could be yep um, well, is, talk- there, is there any evidence to say they're not there's not just saying um, but talking about things on alien planets yes. we have a couple of, we have a rush for time here we've got like three <laughs> minutes we're going to go through a couple of news stories this yes. seems to be how our news stories yeah. go most weeks but sorry about my phobias something that we were going to play on the show but mm-hmm. I had a good listen we both kind of had a listen and we decided that it didn't make any sense to play on the show because unless yeah. you're listening on really good headphones or bassy speakers you're not going to hear it but um, Insight uh, recently enough they recorded it was actually back in December we just never touched on it they recorded a, a snippet of wind on Mars and it it just sounds like bassy kind of wind sound it is very bassy yeah. very deep but it's the fact that you have to stop and think yes it just sounds like wind for the most part but this is on another planet yeah 
it's it's crazy like it's it's such a weird thing to conceptualize because it's like you said it just sounds like wind and if yeah. some if you if you were to play this clip then it's like oh it's just wind like you know you know when you're talking to somebody on the phone and you're indoors and they're outdoors and you can hear the wind through the speaker yeah it's not a million miles away from that no exactly yeah but when you do things like but it's on Mars or do you know what it kind of sounds Mars like Mars weather do you know if you're recording a video with your, on your phone yes in the wind yes. and the wind it starts to pick up the sound that's yeah. very much yeah. what it's like but go listen um, you can go just google uh, insight um, Mars wind something along those yeah. lines you'll get it straight away um, just to have a listen to it and put yourself in that mindset that this is audio from another planet yeah um, speaking about stuff off our planet that why did I say that's so strange off our planet I'm sounding like an <laughs> alien, an alien. <laughs> um, conspiracy a lot of us heard of the Chang Chang E4 lander which yeah. uh, landed on Mars on Mars on the moon excuse <laughs> me uh, on the far side of the moon or the dark side of the moon if you want to call it that mm. um, they have uh, published online the first panoramic view of the far side of the moon so you can actually look at this image and you can pan around oh, and wow. you're actually getting a panoramic view of something that's never been seen the before. far side of the moon so I mean that's something to definitely go and, and have a look at because that's incredible yeah that's and because this is something that literally hasn't been seen before mm. like dark side of the moon it's again it's kind of just been this concept that's been <clears> spoken <throat> about even like talking about Mars and everything things like this have been in the works for decades yeah. like for such a long time and now now we're in it we're in mm. the thick of it like we're getting footage of parts of the moon that we've never seen before we're getting audio from a planet from that, Mars yeah yeah it's it, things are moving fast I think 2019 is going to be a really a really exciting year and it I think it, it's it's good timing because it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landing yeah and we'll be talking about that a lot mm. I say throughout this year you'll Definitely. get a lot of content from us talking about that because it's such an important thing yeah. but uh, we're both kind of constantly looking back at yeah. the clock and it's because <laughs> we have completely run out of time we uh, thank you very much for joining us yes thank you so much and I hope you have weird phobias like me <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you don't because they're a bit strange um, but yeah join us back here next week we will have a lot more science on tap and hopefully we'll have a bit more time to focus on some news as well um, I got to sneeze but you're going to sneeze no I'm not okay <laughs> um, but yeah that's it that's it for us we will see you guys next week